Welcome to The Monkey Seats, the podcast that promises the world and then finishes behind Max Chilton. My name is Tom. And I'm Carl, and this week we will be making motorsport great again with our brothers from the other side of the pond for the Indy 500, as well as covering the action from the Formula E in Germany. This is a fully independent podcast hosted by two independent friends who like to put the world to rights. You can link to us from www.monkeyseatpod.com. You can search for us on all major podcasting platforms by searching for The Monkey Seat. You can tell us where we are wrong on all socials at Monkey Seat Pod. Or you can slag us off at monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. And today's pay driver to tell us how wrong we are about turning left racing... We have IndyCar expert, Darren Apps. Hi, Darren. How are you? Hi, Carl. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. I wouldn't say an expert, but I know a little bit about it. Well, we're going to claim you as our expert um, <laughs> in lieu of anyone else that we could find. Well, we couldn't <laughs> find a proper expert, so we went with Darren. Thanks. So uh, that's a bit like my whole career, really. They couldn't find anyone else to do it, so they did. They got me. So, Darren, you've actually got some uh, some contacts in motorsport, haven't you? How How did that all come about okay it basically came about when um uh the late justin wilson uh who used to drive for minardi uh and jaguar racing in f1 uh he originally uh set up a scheme um along with jonathan palmer uh where people could invest in him to get him into formula one and i was one of the uh very lucky investors basically saw it in the daily express as a little advert I thought I'll give it a go. I like Formula One. I'm actually a Williams uh, supporter. And, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, at the so, moment. At least yeah. they've signed the Concord. At least they're in, well, they've now sold to the Americans. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. no, we're not talking about no, Formula we're One. Not. No, but, we're not talking but, about Formula One. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, I love Formula One. Uh, I've been following it since, well, sort of uh, the 1970s. And um, I thought I'd just, you know, give it a go. So I put a little investment in and... Justin obviously didn't have a very good uh, time in uh, F1, but then he went into the new series that came out of Kart when Kart split with Indy um, and basically went into Champ Cars, and that was like, in 2004. And I was lucky enough to go to, well, my first race to see him was in Long Beach, and then I also saw him race and where he won at Mexico City. And also in oh, Aston nice. in Holland as well. And I was lucky enough, because of one of the investors, to get into Victory Circle, which is an amazing experience. I mean, the, the things that um, I've been able to do and see uh, have just been amazing, you know, when just, just becoming an investor. Um, some people just like to invest it, you know, and, and hopefully like get some money out of it. But mine was actually for the love of the, uh, the sport. And uh, so I had to actually fantastic time unfortunately champ car only lasted for four seasons sebastian bourdais was winning every single one of them and justin <laughs> uh sort of came up runners up a couple of times and then he went over to indycar and then i sort of followed him um obviously through that as well uh and that's basically it sort of really so i, I still so I, was, I now watch the indycars um i wasn't a great fan of indycar back in the day because uh, i was always champ car you know rooting for that Unfortunately, Big I say, rivalry. yeah, exactly. Massive rivalry. And then obviously they realized that um, the uh, seats were um, sort of like um, the teams and that weren't being involved in as much. Uh, they were losing spectators and stuff. So they decided to, you know, to merge together. Uh, so that's how we ended up with the IndyCar series. 
Mm, yeah, that was a that was a, was a big black mark on the on the history of of IndyCar and Champ, isn't it? Everyone talks about how that split is, you know, the, the series has suffered ever since that, and is still, you know, they're only just now kind of getting back to where they were before. Yes, yeah. I mean, even now, when you look at some of the um, races that uh, you know they they still have, uh, the spectators are very very low. I know they, the hype is about the Indy 500, and you've got 250,000 fans, but if you look at sort of uh, some of the stadiums and that you'll see that there's very few sort of like people in the seats unfortunately so it's still i mean especially in the areas where nascar rules um you know some people are either nascar or or open wheel and uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of the a lot of the places they go to are actually nascar so they find it quite difficult to actually fill those seats sometimes which doesn't matter subject to covid at the moment anyway so yeah, yeah. in some ways it could be doing quite well it could be helping IndyCar. I don't know what the rating numbers are. It'd be very interesting to find those out. Um, I think it's doing quite well how, this year. I think yeah, given that because the, people the whole, are watching it. Yeah, I, I think because there's been so little motorsport. Everyone and IndyCar started before European European motor racing started up again. It, it got quite a few, quite an influx of viewers, yeah. which is great for the series. And um, and obviously with the Fernando Alonso factor this year, that would have that would have got some big some big eyes yeah. on it and hopefully it'll uh, it'll continue to grow and also in one of the races they actually joined uh, nascar and india at the same weekend so yes they had, did they did a double header yeah, a few d- weeks double back header, exactly they? so that got people you know that just go to nascar and actually oh this isn't too bad this open wheel you know so was that, that not at a, ims oh uh, yes I yeah yes. i thought it was yeah so that that worked out sort of like, uh, very well. So hopefully that's helped with the you know, the viewing figures as well. Yeah, and with Jimmy Johnson coming across to IndyCar as well, that's that's I don't know if he's going to get a full time drive or if he's going to um, just do part time drives. But part time, I would imagine at the moment. Yeah. Surely that's that's got to that's got to increase yes. viewers. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Anyway, should we talk about the race? Because there was this little there was this little short race that went on in Indianapolis apparently at the weekend yeah you know it lasted about 10 minutes you know <laughs> i wish it well it did last about 10 minutes of actual racing mean... between all the slow racing the slow um what's that? they don't call them safety cards do they they call it full course oh, caution other word. caution that was it hmm. the caution's out um which did make me laugh um having never watched it i did find it a really did you watch the watch. whole thing from start to finish i might have bailed out halfway through and just caught the end again uh, <laughs> you did go a bit silent on the group chat <laughs> yes i did notice that as well <laughs> yeah no yeah, I, I watched um, the whole thing there, there's only i mean i had to put the kids to bed and such like so that's the problem with with it is that it is just so long and being here it is the kids bedtime um but you know i did f- i found it more interesting i mean there must be some crazy aerodynamic things going on with the amount of people landing in walls you know which you know well it's, it's, it seems like. i think a lot of it is that they have such a, a trimmed out downforce package because they want to go for maximum speed and because of the bank corners they don't need to put a lot of steering on to get around the corners um yeah. they have as little downforce as possible because downforce obviously creates drag which slows you down so they i mean you look at the rear wings they're the skinniest little things you'll ever see so you know you get you get slightly high and you know you lose grip because you're on the marbles you're off the the sticky part of the track and you're just in the wall it's precision it's like threading a needle every lap um but what i also found rather interesting was the safety teams and just the amount of vehicles that they i mean they had three or four vehicles on 
at every crash i presume because it's an oval it's a lot easier to get around well yeah you you um, have a vehicle on every corner surely yeah but they they were all there and the, the way they protected the car by parking their vehicles around mm. um was really interesting from a safety marshalling <laughs> view um but any but yeah i mean that does sort of take a bit away from how exciting the race should have been the fact that i was more interested in health and safety there were seven um yellows which was obviously quite no, a lot and it was, took over um in total there was uh, 50 i think 51 laps under yellow out of 200 yeah. so as a yeah. spectacle this this year unfortunately um you, you basically lost it a bit i mean obviously with scott dixon going out so you know it was like 10 10 seconds in front or sort of type thing you know, yeah if, if there hadn't been any yellows then he would have walked the race basically um but uh with, with the amount of yellows that were going out and say to lose 51 laps that's quite a lot so for somebody that hasn't watched uh indy or so the indy 500 um you could you could sort of see like people just turning off sort of saying yeah this is ridiculous i'm just watching cars just going around slowly um as opposed yeah. to you know, you know proper racing and overtaking but there was there was a lot of overtaking as well you know, it wasn't just all crashing and... Uh... It, it felt very much like the, the series that we're not mentioned, trying not to mention today, um, that, you know, there was Dixon up front and a lot was going on in the midfield. Yes. And trying to catch up with what was going on in the midfield from someone that obviously doesn't know that, how the teams and, again, not, have it, not worth knowing like how the teams all played out and how... Um, the cars were played out. That was quite hard to try and keep track of as to who's overtaking who and who anyone is. And, you know, um, but, you know, that's just myself trying to understand that. But what I also find interesting about the Indy 500, especially, I'm slowly getting my head around the Indies um, circuit generally, but the fact that they, it's just a free-for-all and there's loads of other cars suddenly on this track that aren't normally in the series. Um that are almost getting in the way of series or or having little battles like Max Jones. But you've had some rookie winners, um, though. It, it has, you know, there, there's some, some, yeah. some rookies have done very, very well. I mean, even like uh, this year well, with uh, Pat Ward, you know, he got up to six. Yeah, Rossi was a rookie winner. But uh, Pat Ward, I mean, he was sixth. Yeah. You know, uh, he was running third at one point. Wasn't yes, he? exactly. So to, to sort of say, oh, people that haven't uh, you know raced in this before, um, you've got people like we had, I know you had the Stefan on sort of, uh, you know, he led the Indy car, you know, with a few laps, to, you know, he almost won it, you know, with a few laps, just run out of fuel. Um, you've got Pippa Mann, uh, people like that, that are going there. And actually with, with Pippa Mann, she actually puts um, a lot of effort into, for great causes, for charity, which happens with a lot of the drivers actually that go in there, they're in there to actually do something for some of the charities and to no, raise really. money. So, you know, it's not... It's more like a challenge. Yes, exactly, yeah. But then does that not really... I mean, I know the Indy 500 has a special separation to everything, but does that not make it a mockery of... No, because of you've got... the real races. I imagine doing that in F1 and, uh, and then saying, here's 15 other cars in Bahrain. You, Off you've you go, got guys. the... Um, what ha didn't happen this year, which happens normally every year, is that um, you have a, um, a bump day where you're, they're allowed a maximum of 33 drivers on the, you know, on the race day. Uh, and, I mean, like what happened with Alonso a couple of years ago was that um, he actually lost out driving in the Indy 500 because oh, really? he was bumped out because he wasn't fast enough. 
um, you know, in sort of like the qualifying and stuff. So drivers... Wasn't that, that because some of, they forgot to bring a steering wheel or something? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember hearing that? I can't remember. McLaren forgot to I, bring him a steering wheel. So. I, no, I can't, I can't remember the, the reason that. But I know that, uh, you know, he basically just wasn't, um, he, he just wasn't fast enough. You know, so he, right. and it was, and I think actually Pippa pipped him, um, oh, yeah, yeah, pipped. Pippa pipped him, you know, on the qualifying, which is absolutely fantastic. So people get there by right, you know, to be in that mm-hmm. field of 33. Um, and you get a lot of yeah, people. So it's not just a paid drive that you can No, no, no. Well, Alonso did try that. I mean, the, the, the year that um, he got bumped out the team actually tried to buy him or i allegedly uh, tried to buy him back into the field and then um uh, well. yeah and they, they basically said no you know you've got to do it by rights so it's not a matter of you know money talks and stuff it's it is a you know bona fide you're in the top 33 you're racing so tom remind me or tell me how the middle went as i saw the beginning and the okay. end well should we talk, so... should we should we go through it then it's it's uh the two minute challenge is not going to be a two minute challenge i'm not going to do the uh the sound effect and the race oh. it's probably going to be about three minutes because if i was to if i was to do a 500 mile race in two minutes that's fifteen thousand miles an hour i'd be covering so <laughs> oh, look at you so uh, we're not going to do that it's just you I'm, actually do that math I, i'm actually gonna <laughs> i'm actually only gonna do probably seven thousand five hundred miles an hour so okay. uh Right, so we'll start at the beginning. Obviously, Marco Andretti trying to end the curse was starting from pole, uh, and he lost the lead before he'd even crossed the line, pretty much, um, which was quite hilarious, to Scott Dixon, who took the lead, and then Sato um, passed him as well on lap one, and then VK managed to climb up to fifth. Ed Carpenter got nipped into the wall by Veach on lap three, causing an, causing an early stop. Uh, Hunter Ray passed Sato for second. James Davison hit the wall on lap six and his wheel eventually caught fire and exploded on the track. This caused the first full course caution. The back runners opted to take a stop and try something different. Pagano being the highest runner in that group. Rossi passed VK and Hinch passed Andretti who fell to fifth. Marcus Ericsson hit the wall on lap 25 causing the second caution. The rest of the cars that pitted uh, that didn't pit under the first yellow pitted under the second yellow, uh, including Fernando Alonso, who pitted for a second time, which was baffling. Uh, Sato and Rossi bettered their track position, with Askew now leading the race. Pagano took the lead at the restart, with cars passing everywhere, but Askew retook him in the pits, which was amazing pit work from the McLaren team. They are definitely better in Indy than they are in Formula 1. Sorry, we can't say that word. Rossi sat behind Dixon, saving fuel, trying the strategic approach, while Dixon came up to lap the back markers. VK stalled in the pits and had to be restarted, but he also ploughed into his mechanics and got a stop-and-go penalty for his troubles. As Alonso got lapped, Dalton Kellett hit the wall and the next yellow flag ensued. Dixon stopped under yellow with with half the field, uh, with O'Ward and Newgarden gaining three and five places respectively on pit road. Daly spun on the restart, dropping a wheel onto the concrete and crashed into the barrier. O'Ward took evasive action and also hit the wall. Huge hit for both of them, but thankfully they were both okay. Um, just to pause it there, at that point I put a tweet out just saying, oh, big, big shunt, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad they're both okay. And then someone commented on that saying, I'll tell you what, one day someone's going to have a big accident hitting that entry to the pit road. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, and we have uh, done that one once before. Yeah. Uh, half distance, and Dixon led from Sato, and Rossi was third. Rossi took second at the restart, and Ferrucci, having a blinding drive, took fifth. 
The two up front were fuel saving and kept swapping for the lead with O'Ward closing up in third. On lap 122, Alex Pelot, the highest starting rookie, hits the wall um, nearly head on. Bit of a thump. Almost the entire field stopped with Rossi and Sato making contact on pit road. O'Ward climbed to third with one more stop likely for everyone. Rosenquist rolled the dice and didn't stop, gambling on there being another yellow, and led the field. Rossi was given a penalty for his pit lane infringement and had to go all the way to the back of the field. Hunter A clipped Pagano and Simon had to come in to change his nose, uh, but was lucky not to hit the barrier. An angry Rossi at the back of the field was desperate trying to make up places. He made, f made up five places on the first lap of the restart, but then he got loose and ended his, wall, ended his race by hitting the wall. At the restart, 43 to go and Dixon led from Rahal with Sato in third. Sato took the lead as Dixon looked to save fuel. 32 laps to go and cars began to make their final stops. A slow stop from Dixon wasn't quite enough, as his, but his in-lap was fantastic and he held track position over his rivals. Sato took the position on lap 170 uh, with no fuel saving now, just a sprint to the end. Veach led on low fuel, hoping for hoping for a caution with 15 to go. He finally stopped and dropped to 17th. Robust defending from Sato kept in ahead of Dixon, and with 10 laps to go, he approached back markers, which was uh, which began to complicate things. He managed to put a car between him and Dixon, however, which was a big relief. Rahal and Ferrucci closed in with Sato struggling to pass the back markers. Uh, Spencer Piggott hit the wall at the exit of turn four and bounced across the track and hit the wall on the other side of the track. The resulting yellow ran for five laps and Sato won under under caution with Dixon in second and Ray Allen third. And that was your race. What do we think? There's a, there's a few things in there. So like so, it's a Rossi first of all. Go on. Um, yeah, the he had a pit. Well, he, he nearly missed the pit. Uh, or he did miss the pit actually. Where um, I couldn't believe it, but the um, the pit wall, uh, some of their uh, machinery were overheated, and they couldn't get a yeah. message out to to uh, Rossi. So first of all, it looked like Rossi had made a mistake, and obviously then he managed to sort of like go around and then sort of like get back into the pit thing. But his restart, I well I even messaged you didn't I, on, the, on the green thing. Um, I just knew that he was going to crash because he's yeah. it, it just sees red mist basically, and you just knew that once he got that um, penalty. Which, if you look at it, I still think it's unfair. Um, and to also go back to the uh, the back of the back of the grid, back or back of the line, it's, 50, it's about a fifteen second drop off. Whereas F one um, is like a five second penalty. Yeah. My my opinion on on this um, is in in American racing it looked harsh. In European racing, that's a ten second stop and go penalty. It was a really it was a really bad release. You know that's if you if you think about um, in in the European racing format, the car the car was almost level with him and the engineers released him straight into his path. Now I know they've got slow lane and fast lane, but the fact is Sato was in the slow lane. Whether he should have been in the slow lane or not. It doesn't matter. He was still there, and they shouldn't have released him into his path. Now, I know like in the rules are different in American racing to European racing, um, but yeah, for me, if you're looking at the rules of that formula, then yes, I think it was harsh, and I think you're right. Um, but I do think it was it was definitely penalty worthy because it was dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a shame that Rossi didn't keep a cool head because he had a good race up until that point. 
you know, extra I think race he could actually. Have won. Exactly. And you know, to be in the mix at the end, that would have made it a very, very exciting race, you know, at the end. Uh, so it's just unfortunate that, uh, yeah, see, but I, I sort of said to you, I, I just knew he was going to put it in the wall at some point. You know, it's mm. just, it, it, that's the way that he drives, unfortunately. The other person yeah. which amazes me was Frucci. Mm-hmm. So when you think he about sort of how he does in F2 and how he's doing in sort of like in Indy, um, is he's a, a different person, completely different person, especially like I'd say on the ovals and that, um, the amount of passes that he was doing. And the other person was um, uh, Ray Hall. Yeah, he had a quiet one, didn't he? He didn't really seem to be anywhere, and then he just kind of all of a sudden he was there. Well, he started eighth on on the grid, and um, yeah, as you sort of say, he had a quiet one, and he sort of, he went back a bit, and then he then he came, you know, came back uh, good at the end, and he's one that at some point you know he's going to win that Indy five hundred. Um, it, it just needs a bit of luck, <laughs> you know. So sort of, I think the yellows mm. came out at the wrong time and. And stuff like that, but he's definitely one that, um, yeah, it was. In fact, he's one of the people that said, you know, the, the yellow at the end with the five, you know, with five laps to go. He's actually said, no, it needs, you know, there's no gimmicks in in the um, car. That the yellow was the, um, or rather the, yeah, the yellow flag was the right uh, thing to do, and not to uh, red flag it, and then to make it like a, a three lap, whatever. They said at the time, oh, surely they'll red flag it so you can finish under green. But mm. I'm just like, well, you haven't done it for any other crash, so why would you do it no. there? That's like, to use a football metaphor, that would be like saying, you know, it's he, he's fouled him in a penalty box, but it's in a penalty box, so we're not going to give a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, if, if it's if it requires a red, it requires a red. You, it doesn't matter if it's the last five laps. And, you know, if, they, if they'd have thrown out the red... The cars would have, the engines would have all switched off, which is not going to be good for those engines anyway. Running like they were for three hours, mm. and then to suddenly be switched off and then fire back up again for a couple of laps, and you know, yellows breed yellows. Yes. So, you know, if if you if you then do a one lap restart, you can have a massive pile up because everyone, you know, everyone knows it's their only chance to to get a result, and then, you know, God forbid we end up because it's the last lap of the 500, the biggest race of the year. You have a restart with one or two laps to go. And everyone and just fatality. does a dive bomb, and then you could end up having a serious injury. Yeah, you know, God forbid something like Zanardi again, which you know that that was a freak accident, but that's that could still happen nowadays. There's you know a two hundred two hundred mile straight on collision, t burning another car, you're still going to split someone in half. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's it, you know, it was it was, that, it was um, the right decision. It was definitely the yeah, right decision. 100%. It had to it had to you know finish well. I personally, I think it was the right decision. Sorry, just to go back on pit lanes. Mm-hmm. They're a mess. Is it just because there's so many cars, not enough people? I mean, you've got, uh, or what's going on you, there? For uh, F1, you've got 20 people in a pit in a pit crew. Uh, for Indy, you've, it's normally six, and there's now seven because of the aero screen. Because one one has to do the peel offs and uh, also mm. f- give a bottle, <laughs> bottle of water to the driver if he needs it because <laughs> it gets so hot in the the cockpit. But yeah, so there's less people. Um, and they, it just seems so close together, too close together. Yeah, that they don't have the individual garages by the looks of it. It's almost like you share this bit of wall. They, if they call want. it pit road because it is a pit road. Mm. You know, it's literally yeah. a road with markings for places. But it just it's. You know, they've got no, they got no rigs or anything. They're throwing the guns in front of the other cars, and I'm sure. Uh, yeah, that's what I found seen... really interesting. You're throwing that gun. They're literally lobbing it, and yeah. then the person that's doing 
the front right wheel, is then done the wheel, lobs the, the uh, uh, gun back, and then is the person halting him to let him go. Yeah, yeah. and then you also know, doing the front wing adjustments as well, yeah. leaning over and doing the front oh, wing. Oh yeah, <laughs> doing that front wing while doing it. I mean, at one point, I swear I saw someone doing the front adjustments as he was leaving, you know. Mm. The arm was going as he was leaving. It's just mental. That's why there's been so many errors on uh, pit road. You may, you, know, you may have sort of noticed like, during the race that there were just so many errors. And even in the previous races uh, this year, there's, there's been just so many errors on pit road. And I think I lost count of the amount of times in my reviews I've said so-and-so had a slow stop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, even even Dixon on his last stop, it, it was like a, about a second over. I mean, it normally takes about eight seconds to do a, um, a pit stop. And uh, so anything like over that and you, you're going to lose quite a lot of time, you know, on the track. Mm. Uh, so it, it is it to have only well, generally six people working on the car. And as you sort of say, doing the wheels, doing the little changes on it's it's, it's ridiculous. It really is. But I don't know if that's because of COVID-19 or whether it's because... No, I think uh, it's, it's always been the case with India, hasn't it? They, I think they... I think but you couldn't fit limited. 20 people in In there, the same way no. in Formula 2 and Formula 3, you have a maximum number of people that can work on the car at any one time. I think they've probably got the same thing in IndyCar. I don't know for certain, but it would appear that way because the budgets behind some of these teams, they, they look across the pond and they see four wheels being changed in two seconds and then they you know they can't then be happy to be losing 6 seconds effectively to that so it, it has to be it has to be number limited surely yeah i can't and they they you know they they must have all have standard equipment to work on which to be honest i think is something that when you're looking at cost saving that's something that european motorsport could benefit from having standardized pit pit parts yeah because it's I was going just, to talk about formula there's this you know hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of r&d going into you know shaving a tenth of a second off a pit stop it's not necessary if you're looking at cost saving there straight away there's a great place to cost saving. yes but anyway we're not supposed to be talking about formula one no <laughs> no but yeah so um, i mean it's it just it's just kind of safety as well really it's um i i just i shudder sometimes when you see 20 cars coming into the into the pits sometimes more than that and they're so close to all these all these people just literally standing there with their backs to the cars, and it's not going to take a lot for for someone just to just to literally take out another take out another garage member. Yeah, because they it's just, already happened. They, they well, in, fact, away slightly wrong. in fact, during the race, uh, somebody one of the um, uh, crew got hit only like yeah. slightly, uh, and I'm sure it's like a, about three races ago, um, a crew member got a broken leg. Mm. Um, and as you say, I mean, they, they're still coming at quite a speed in that, and it, it is just, it, it, it's, it's, it is crazy. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like to be a crew man. They certainly yeah. earn their money anyway. I mean, I think with that, that isn't it? It's, it's how do you change that safely without going into a bigger system that, yeah, with the, you know, a hell you got, of you got the rigs that overhang the cars yeah. and everything, and, and you're having each car having its own space and everything working perfectly, you know, yeah. Tom, you're God. obviously you follow Formula One sort of like quite a bit, and I'm not supposed to be talking about it. I know, but um, obviously F1 driver Indianapolis. Is there a different pit lane then for F1 to the Indy 500? Because they, there's I, no way no, I could I see don't... F1. If they they got 20 <laughs> crew members out on pit road, then that that would just be ridiculous. 
I don't know if they have their own pit paddock complex um, or whether they have temporary garages. I, I can't remember. The last time we raced there was quite a while ago mm. now, and I, I can't I can't really remember. But I know they it's still it's still Grade A listed, FIA approved. So there's no reason why they couldn't go back to Indianapolis, and I do think they will. I reckon probably 2023 we'll be back at Indianapolis for Formula One. Mm. I can see that happening because I know that Jean Tot wants it, Roger Penske wants it, Ferrari wants it, and if those three want it, then it's going to happen. Yes, yeah, yeah. Three most influential people, parties in motorsport there. But you can't see them doing the same kind of thing on pit road with 20 pit crew. No, they'll have, the, I think they'll have their uh, temporary garages. Right. But I mean, you've got, maybe you've only got 10 teams in Formula One and still 20 cars yeah but uh you only have one car in a in one garage in, in a garage at a time in a pit box at a time whereas in that you've got 33 cars all lining up true true yeah you could effectively have 33 cars on pit road at the same time whereas in formula one the maximum you could have in the box any one time is is 10 yes yeah yeah that's true and then they just double stack yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there's physically space for them both to be in there but they don't have to work on them so they could create the space and i believe it would just then be temporary garages yeah, okay. I'd have to have a look actually at the last. At the I'm last, I'm trying to look at it. Yeah, I'm trying to find it on Google somewhere. I but... think it was was it 2006 the last race, at Indy. Could have been 2008. No, no, it's after that. It's 2007. 2000... I was yeah, I thought it was 2008. I think it's 2008 but, okay. because I know Lewis Hamilton won in Indianapolis. And yeah, his first season he was 2007. Right. On board. Because that was his second win, I think. Canada was his first, and USA was his second. And they were back-to-back weekends. Anyway, we're not talking about Formula One. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. So it's um, hard, isn't it? While we're still on the on the subject of safety, there. Um, so yeah, that that pit entry. Um, when I was talking to that person on on Twitter about the about the impact, I was saying one of these days someone's going to have a big impact on that pit entry. I I remember. I think I replied by saying, "Oh well, at least they've now got those modern tech pro barriers." The, or the safer, the safer barriers, barriers I think yeah. they call them. Yeah. But um, are they called Tech Pro in in Europe? But um, but then when he hit them, it was tires. It wasn't Tech Pro. Yeah, the the safer barriers are on the walls, not de- mm. as you sort of say. That was just pure tires. I mean, it's the, yeah, it, which is not good. I mean, if you look at it's a, the, I, I I liken it to um, to coming out of the tunnel at Monaco um, down into the um, into the into the swimming pool complex. You got that. Yeah, you've got not not Raskas, but when you come down into the chicane um, by the swimming pool, you've got a um, you've got a wall directly opposite. Where if you have a problem coming out of the tunnel, you can go head on into it. Yeah. And now they've they've got this mountain of tech pro barriers, and I think um, Perez went into it one year, and Kovalainen went into it once as well. And and it's there's just so much in the way of of impact absorbing barriers there, and that's the kind of thing you need at pit entry. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's a, yeah. it's a short pit entry. They can do it. There's no reason why not. Mm. And that was such a that is a really, really bad place. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just for tires. Yeah. That's... So I had some tires with some tarpaulin put push put over them. That, that's what it yeah, looked like. Yeah, and just strapped down. Yeah, it's... Just strapped down with metal straps. Yeah. That's all it is. And yeah. it's, it's I, I I thought it was all like proper you know modern barriers, but it's not. It's just tires. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that shocked me. 220 miles an hour, obviously reducing down to sort of like to, to go into the pits and that. But when you're crashing, when you're coming out of a corner, you're, yeah, he's probably doing about 214, 215 miles yeah. an hour. Well, well, all it takes, if you, you know, if you if you get offline and then and then get tagged and get spun round, you then you just then nosedive straight into that wall. If you get it wrong, you know, it happens at the worst possible point. 
you know, yeah, yeah. it's it's a it could be a potential fatality. Yeah, though. yeah. I mean, the good thing is that, that I mean, the the Delaras, the, the the actual cockpit and that, they're so mm. sturdy. I mean, with all those crashes that that happen, and and for Spencer to get out as he did. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I did. I was worried for a bit when they had him lay down on the track. Yeah, I I thought, oh god. What, internal bleeding and all that kind of stuff is what yeah, was going through my head. But, uh, yeah, fortunately he was okay. Yeah, but I, when he was lying down there, I thought, oh my god. But no, fortunately it wasn't. It wasn't what we thought. He was just winded, wasn't he? But yeah. But the aero screen as well. I mean, what absolutely fantastic that. Um, yeah. Because the the bits that came off, well, not just in that accident, but in the other ones as well, um, like with the Eskew and uh, Connor Daly. Uh, there was bits flying around all over the place, you know, mm. and that clearly works. The only thing is, is yeah. with the um, with the heat that gets built up, and also the extraction, like with James Davison getting out of the car. I mean, that, I thought it took him ages, ages, especially with the you know being a fire. Is that the one that had the fire? Yeah, there. Is that the one that had the brake? Yeah, the brake got yeah. jumped on or whatever. Yeah, amazing it was. magnesium wheel blowing up and just kept going though. <laughs> we were like, yeah. just stop, just stop. <laughs> Just stop, um, and just really carried on going. Um, yeah, he did take about. I mean, even when he did eventually stop, he took a long time. I don't know whether he was waiting to make sure the marshals were there and the fire crew were behind him, or what that deal it was. It wasn't that. What it was is that um, obviously they've now got the um, got like an air intake uh, to keep the uh, into the helmet, and that keeps them cool or cooler. Helmet aircon. Helmet air. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, but there's also other, they've got, you know, the wires and that. But it was the actual, it was the, the aircon tube, if you like, that he couldn't disconnect. Mm. Um, oh, wow. So he was like, I'm doing all the other bits. In fact, uh, um, some ex-Indy uh, drivers were sort of, they've actually been saying on t- Twitter and that, that it's ridiculous that it takes so long. Something has to be done where you can just press a button and it all just comes out or, you know, just... Eject yeah, mode. Eject to, yeah, exactly. Something yeah. That's, that's quite new to IndyCar though, isn't it? Yes. I think the start of the season, at the uh, the Texas uh, Texas race at the start of the season, they didn't have those. They just had the standard helmets and it's obviously it's Correct. something that's run in NASCAR for a while. Yeah. Um, and so they thought they, they would adopt a similar thing for... I, I mean, we have... I think we have run them at ovals this year. But um, it's still quite new to IndyCar, so I'm I'm assuming then it's something like with the aero screen. It's it's basically been adapted to um, to fit safely to the current chassis. So as when the next aero kit comes out with a new with a new bodywork, when Delara do the, the next incarnation of that car, I imagine the aero screen will be a bit better integrated into that design because this car was designed not to have an aero screen on it. Yes, yeah. So that's why at the moment, front on, it looks a bit odd. From the side, I think it looks cool. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I think it looks yeah, great yeah. from the side. But from the front, it is a bit ugly. I mean, the aero screen can be removed, you know, mm. for, for proper extraction and that. But um, it just took him just it took him so long and I was really worried for him. You know, with that, that fire, you know, just, just it could have, you know, caused the car, car to catch well, fire. It's not like there's anything there. flammable anywhere near there. <laughs> No, no, nothing. No, of course Just not. Just no. a bomb of fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't have liked to have been him at that point. But yeah, the fact that he just mm. carried, like Carl said, the fact that he just carried on you think, no, just just pull over. You know, just like the, so, yeah. you know. Someone should have shouted at being shouting at him. Oh. And what I did find interesting watching it was the constant babble that you hear from, well, from different radios, from the spotters and things, which is something I'd never 
we, we've ne- you never hear on any other motorsport mm. to hear that constant sort of talk and you've no idea who that's talking really yeah, but we, I thought yeah, that was we, an interesting we uh, we spoke about that with uh, with Stefan mm. at the start of the season he mentioned about the spotters and, and yeah. yeah that was new to me as well I mean I'd heard it but I always assumed it was just the engineers talking to them but but no it's people yeah. in the stands watching <laughs> yeah yeah so that's quite interesting mm. um but yeah I, I I thought it was really cool um but yeah I think there is there is obviously an inherent safety issue that needs to be looked at in Indy. Um, I think they. I think to be fair, I think Indy are at the moment in some ways they're leading the way for safety because they they've actually taken the plunge and put this aero screen in, which no one else has. You know, Formula One weren't brave enough to go for the aero screen. I know it was slightly underdeveloped at the time, but they went for the halo. But um, I think the aero screen looks better than the halo. I know that's that's a differing opinion. A lot of people think that the aero screen doesn't look as good as the halo, but. You know, these are the same people that were saying they wouldn't watch they wouldn't watch motorsport if there was a halo involved. Um, yeah, but no, I, but I, I, I think they're they're making big strides, and the the budgets in India are so much lower than 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 in um, than in Formula One, and I think that's that they are doing they're making changes, and they're they're going in the right direction. But as I say, I th- I think I mentioned it on a previous one with the I think Road America track where the walls were so close and there was like a, there was a wall just sticking out that someone hit. Yeah. I think it was Connor Daly hit it uh, when he, uh, when he did his shoulder and it's, you don't, I know motorsport is supposed to be dangerous, but let's just reduce the risk wherever possible. If there's a wall, get rid of it. If you yeah, can replace a wall with a barrier, yeah. replace a wall with a barrier. If a wall sticks out, just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is interesting. Um, so, um, so Sato won. He did. I remember him about 15 years ago in Formula One. Was it that long? I remember him from 2002. Hang on. Yeah, okay. When he was 20 years ago then. Jesus. When when he uh, when he joined the Jordan Over team in Formula One. He's, That's it. I remember that. He actually. is in what? an absolute. You know, he is in a massive purple patch. So he he spent seven seasons. In Formula One, two thousand and two mm-hmm. to two thousand and eight, he was in Formula One. He raced. He raced for Jordan, BAR, um, Super Aguri. So he raced. For, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, remember that team. For, for three different teams in Formula One, and in that time, he his highest position was eighth in two thousand and four with thirty four points. His other seasons, yeah. no points, four points, three points, two points, one point, multiple disqualifications, known as a crash driver, and then two thousand and ten. <laughs> He goes across to American racing, um, and he's you know he didn't seem to be doing much better. 2010, 21st, 2011, 13th, 2012, 14th, 17th, 18th, 14th, 17th. So a bit of a picture there. Then all of a sudden he turns 39. Did he change teams? Um, well, he's he's raced for various different teams, but he ra- he moved to Andretti in 2017, and he came eighth in the championship, mm. um, and then he joined Rahal Letterman. And he's finished. Is that as in Letterman? As in Dave Letterman. David Letterman. Yeah, his team. Yeah, you saw him at the end of the race. He's got a massive beard now. He looks like Father Christmas. Um, but he's got since, a big head, genuinely, hasn't he? Yeah. Since joining Ray Letterman, twelfth, ninth, and sixth currently in the championship. He lies sixth, and he's forty-three years old, and he's sixth in the championship. That's phenomenal. There's That's a, absolutely phenomenal. There's there are a lot of elderly drivers uh that drive an indycar if you have a look uh there are quite a few um so 
Well, think... Scott Dixon's 40, isn't he? Yes, he's just turned 40 this year. <laughs> um, I'm sort of thinking of um, the other ones as well. The... But there's quite a few. Fernando Alonso's 39. I know he's not regular. Tony Canaan. Tony Canaan, yes. He? Yeah, that's one I was trying to remember there. Yeah, the one who looks like Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> so, Elio Castroneves, he's 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 in his late thirties, I think, isn't he? Yeah. So there are quite a few oldies out there. I mean, one Pablo Montoya used to drive in there as well. You know, and he yeah. wasn't he wasn't he's, young. He's in his mid forties. Exactly. So you know, that was only a few seasons back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think with ovals, I think age uh, because I don't think the the physical demands are i mean please someone tell me if i'm wrong but i don't think the physical demands are quite as high on ovals um i mean they it's are constant g isn't it yeah that turn as opposed to that left to right yeah but the, the g is dissipated somewhat by the by the banking that takes away a lot of and the also impact. you're not breaking there's no yeah. breaking yeah there's no so you've only got um the lateral g as you're going through the through the banking so it's you're not you're not as bad as the the heavy braking and acceleration mm. it is still hard because it's like going into a, a a flat out corner and doing that a thousand times so it's still like going tough. into a dizzy washing but, machine isn't but it? the experience i think plays more when you're doing ovals than when you're doing street racing and when you're doing circuit racing my personal opinion i don't know i've never raced on an oval before <laughs> I've, I've raced in go-karts and i've um i've done um like a couple of circuits in a, in supercars, but I've never raced single seater and I've never raced on ovals, so I'm not really a not really a great person for uh, <laughs> uh, to, to say on that. But uh, that's just my impression I get on that. That the the, uh, the experience side there is uh, is definitely a good tool to have at your disposal. Definitely on uh, yeah. Um, I just want to say like with age, um, you basically understand about what's going more probably uh, around you. Than sort of like some of the youngsters yeah. and that, and just know exactly where to put the car, and also the trust in other drivers as well. I mean, Dixon's no spring chicken, and I mean, surely he's got this wrapped up now. Well, you'd think so. Looking at the the table, he's on three hundred thirty five points now because India's double points. Casato is now on two hundred seven, so three hundred thirty five points. He's got like an eighty odd point Jeez. lead over Joseph Newgarden and Paso Award. What an effort up to up to third place with 218 points. Ray Howe come out of nowhere now on 214 points. Pagano was second in the championship. He's now um, way down in fifth. And obviously Sato just behind him in sixth. Um, uh, Rossi way down. I can't even see where he is. Um, he's 14th in the championship now. Yeah. 14th. Where's Fernando Alonso? Eighteen points, up, Fernando Alonso, Scott. And and do we know how long this series is for? Uh, goes up to December, I think it is. I might be wrong. No, no. You've got uh, five more races. Sorry, no, no, no. you've got um, you've got a double header, the uh, Bomberito Automotive. October, group. isn't it? Sorry, October. Um, you've got two races, 29th and 30th of August. You've got two races in October, the IndyCar Harvest GP, that's at IMS as well. And then you're finishing at St. Pete's on the 25th of October. And that's that. That's guaranteed that's to finish. You've got, well, you've got uh, mid, yeah. mid-Ohio, which may come back, I believe. Well, yeah, it's it's officially cancelled at the moment, but they're trying to fit it back in, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to Takuma Sato, the race that's coming up um, at uh, Madison, Illinois, um, mm. Gateway, he actually won it last year. Mm. <laughs> so, and is that an oval? Yes, it yeah, is. An it's oval, another. It? It's another oval, and he won it last year. Um, but that was because Dixon, the likes of Dixon, Will Power, sort of all the head 
sort of people. They crashed. And so it's another one where um, Takuma sort of seemed to be in the right place at the right place. But coming out with a million pound in his bank account. It's two million. Oh, no, 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 no. A million and a half this year. Yeah, it's half this year, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's half this year. Yeah, 1.3 million. Yeah. But still. So we've only got one circuit race left now, which is, well, it's not even circuit, it's a street race in Petersburg. That's the, that's the only, currently, that's the only street track left on the circuit, on the, uh, on the, on the calendar. Uh, Harvest is, um, that's a road course. Oh, oh, is it the road course at Indy? Yeah. Ah, okay. So that's not oval. Ah, you learn something then. <laughs> there you go. So how many races do they have, a, um, do they normally have at a, um, IMS then, in a year? Because that's a double header at Harvest. Three, four. And then you've got the Indy road course. Yeah. And then you've got um, obviously the 500. Is does that happen every year, Darren? I mean, obviously they don't have the double headers. I get that. No, there, there are some. There are some double headers. They do have some double headers, but um, there are a lot of races that have been uh, ca- that have been cancelled this year. Um, I'm just mm. trying to remember how many there are, but uh, yeah, there's certainly lots of lots more races and what they, a bit like um, Formula One as well. You know where it, it's it's gone down. You've got the Grand Prix of Portland, Toronto, Richmond, uh, Detroit, uh, which is normally, that is a double header normally. Um, the Austin, Texas, Long Beach, Birmingham, Alabama, Monterey. Um, so, yeah, there's there's quite a few have gone out this year. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a similar story everywhere, isn't it? It just is very much de- dependent on the area and if they can, you know, if they can do a race without fans. Mm-hmm. Which so obviously there's only only well supported tracks can can really can really Thunder. kind of budget for having a, a year with no fans. I mean, I, I know that they've sort of said no fans for Indy 500, but I'm not sure if they're going to be allowing fans to go to the other races. There's only been one race so far that's had fans. Yes, can't remember. I think it was Road America. So they might be bringing the fans back for other races, you know, later on in maybe the, yeah. later on in the season. Especially is it especially beyond October mm. when. We'd hope to see a reduction worldwide, and things are starting to open up. And there's yeah. well, they are looking at to... bringing fans in for some of the races towards the end of the Formula One season. Yeah, I was going to say not not mentioning the Formula One. Yeah, we can't. Um, we're not talking about Formula One. We're so. not talking about it, but yeah, they've <laughs> mentioned a reduced capacity. Yeah, um, which Bahrain is reduced capacity anyway because no one wants to go there. But anyway, yeah. yes, sorry, every, every year's sorry. reduced at Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're not talking about Formula One. No, we're not talking um, about Formula One. Right, I mean, it's going to be an interesting season um, and it's going to be fun to watch. It was fun to watch the 500. Um, mm. It's something that I'd never even thought about watching. So I'm looking forward to know, the, the remaining races in Indy. Um, I mean, I don't think there's going to be much of a fight for the championship, um, but uh, I think that's... I was I was kind of hoping for a Dixon non-finish to just mm, kind of open up the championship a little bit, but um, that looks, obviously it didn't happen. But that can still uh, hap- happen, sorry, uh, Tom. I mean, there, there has been seasons before where you think that person's got it you know, nailed and stuff, and it has actually still gone down to the last race of the season. Mm. Well, he won yeah. the first three races, mm. um, but he hasn't won since. There's been five races since then, he hasn't won yet. So, 
I mean, but the thing is, he's still pulling away. I mean, close second, yeah. He's still pulling away. I can't see anyone besides Dixon winning because no one else seems to have that consistency. It seems to be Dixon winning or Dixon in the top five. Yeah. And the others seem to be bouncing around. I mean, Rossi's nowhere, save back in 14th. Will Power bounces around as well, doesn't he? Yeah, and Will Power's not had a particularly great season. He's not happy. Yeah, he's not happy, Bunny. No. Not this season. No, definitely not. No. And he's got such a great name. <laughs> He's definitely your favourite, isn't he, Carl? Oh. Yeah. It's either Dixon or Will Power. Mm. Uh, mostly because those are the only two I can ever remember. I always liked uh, Paul Tracy when I first started watching Indy. <laughs> That's a great name. He was cool. But he's a commentator now. And he oh, really? couldn't fit in the cast now, anyway. He's too big. Um, there we go. Um, right. Um, we we going to say goodbye to Darren? We're going to move on to Formula E. So, yeah. um, okay. Yeah. Thank you nice. so Thanks much for your so time, much. Darren. Great Thank to you. have you on. Thank you. Uh, keep keep playing the prediction league because currently you're you're in pole position for the uh, for the phone. Yes. So, <laughs> oh god! Thank you very much. Yeah, I will continue along with my son Ben as well. He's he's still sort yeah, of okay. uh, rooting as well. But uh, yes, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. That's right. Cheers. Thanks okay. for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Cheers. Darren. Bye. 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 Right. Thank you to Darren. That was brilliant. Really, really insightful. I'm glad we finally got him on. Uh, so yes. thanks again for that, Darren. That was um, that, that was great. Absolute pleasure. Um, so we're moving on to another form of motorsport altogether. One that doesn't even involve fuel. Well, no. it involves a fuel cell, but that's it. Fuel cell, but batteries and lots of other crazy things that happen. Um, yeah. So this is Formula E, which... To be honest, I've so, I started following and then obviously I think I watched one race and then COVID hit and it never really caught on. And then they decided to do nine days in Berlin. Mm. Um, that sounds like so, a great, great film. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a porno or a gangster <laughs> movie. I'm not quite sure which. Um, but um, so, yeah, nine days in Berlin was this big spectacle. Um I've got a report here. Shall I do my report? This is the first time I've ever done a report. Yeah, I'm not go for it. I'm looking two forward minutes. to this. I'm not going to be under two minutes because I do have six races. Um, so um, so here we go. 12 minutes, go. Nine days in Berlin. First off, what were they thinking? Why, why nine days? Why six races? There are so many questions. I don't even have the slightest interest in answering. In my opinion, why the hell not? Race one. I mean, race six. Andrew, Andre Lotterer had a bad start and quickly Robert Frisians, can't spell his name, it's got an J in the middle of it, Frins. found the wall. Friends found the wall. Sam Bird, who leaves uh, verging at the end of the series, like a lot of their staff, has nothing to lose, making decisive takes, which in hindsight does him quite well. There is some controversy over attack mode. Yes, there is a corner that you go wider on and gives you an extra kick up the arse. A de costeurovacy, if you will as to whether he actually entered the follow area, although got use, made use of it, allowing him to pull away from teammate Jeff, who's also known as John Eric Vern, who's known as Vern. I mean, which bloody name do you want to use? Who also went into attack mode. Lotterer jammed on the brakes, looking like a deliberate defence. The commentator said, that looks a bit like Grosjean, to stop <laughs> Lotterer, although Lotterer took the inside and gained fourth place. Massa forgets where the track is and whacks it straight into the cage. Let's be honest, it's a cage track. It's the bloody UFC ring. Da Costa pulls away while Jeff, Jeff, Fed, Fern, whatever his fucking name is, holds, holds everyone back. Team orders. Doubt it. It looks like a flowing um, lap. Da Costa goes in 
to attack mode, while Jeff takes a tight and ends up on wheel-to-wheel with the aforementioned teammate, who with the boost pulls away and adds it to the fan boost. The boost where fans click in on an app like they're in the bloody X-Factor to propel your little man forward. Be aware, next year they will be having shells to fire each other. Well, that's what I heard. Uh, Vern, who goes by Jev, Verge, Verge, I don't even know, but um, slows. Bird takes him, leaving Lotterer to go all over Jev's ass, who gets past and then past Bird. Jev goes back, back, back into seventh. Gunter whacks into Evans, spins him, but keeps him go- keeps going. Guess you can't actually stall these bad boys. Gunter gets a DSQ for it. Talking of spins, Degrassi decides to take Jeff for, for a spin, pushing him down the field. Degrassi doesn't get a DSQ. Probably should have, in my opinion. On the final lap, DeCosta crosses the line with no battery left. He coasts, also followed by coasting Lotterer, Bird and DeVars in second, third and fourth. They literally had no power left. Coasted their way through. Race two. I mean, race seven. De Costa on pole with 33 minutes to go. Yes, this race is on time. 45 minutes a race plus a lap to finish. As I said, with 33 minutes to go, the yellows came in. The deceleration of these vehicles is phenomenal. It keeps them going in the same speed in the same positions. None of this bunching up that happens in other, with other safety cars. 25 minutes to the green light carries on. And 25 minutes to go, De Vries casts those to a stop. At which point he jumps out and pushes it off the rating line. Yeah, well done for safety there, you idiot. <laughs> Degrassi and Friggins with a J, Friends with a J, have a squabble and two minutes to go, which keeps them going into the final lapster. De Costa wins again, with Buemi in second and a very lucky Degrassi in third. Race three, I mean race eight. The track's back to the normal track. Well, normal as an airfield track that's not normally a race track can be. Fair play on the team for turning that round. Quite literally. 31 minutes left and there's some crazy sounds and a strange aftermath of a crash. You can tell they're short on staff with the cameras here. We miss a lot. So what I worked out is, and bear with me, Collado got a rear whack from Seti Camera, I think, and then Gianni, trying to miss the mess, gives Evan a push. Then Seti Camera hits Evans, uh, who gets away with it. Johnny catapulted from Evans, hits the back of Seti Camera, who goes on to Rast, who keeps on going, leaving Seti Camera, Collado, and Johnny shooting across the track. As I said, I think that's what happened. They go green again, and Massa takes a dig at the grassy. 20 minutes to 1 minutes to go, and Gunter takes con- uh, a collection of attack mode, but rejoins two places back and boxes himself in. In A minute later, Gunter uses the attack mode and moves to 4th to 2nd, just behind Vern. The champion, that is De Costa, seems to have vanished. Actually, back in eighth. 19 minutes left leaves Van Dorn fighting for sixth place with a puncher. De Costa moves to seventh, pushing Lynn out of the way and allowing Lotterer through two. 30 minutes left and Vern goes on the attack, allowing Gutterer in front of him. But he's got attack mode, right? Who quickly takes back the place. Three minutes to go, Gunter pulls a blinding move on Jev and takes pole. Jev on 5% is taken by Fringe with a Fringe, Fringe, whatever his name is with a J, on 7% power. Gunter wins and Fringe a very close second and Jeff third. De Costa just missing out. Race 4, I mean race 9. On a pole with De Costa in second, same track, different day. Grassi was second in the champ, starts eighth. 
this is the track where math where mathematically if Tacosta stays where he starts he wins the champ first race and Turvey locks up uh, which last rate with which last race's winner Gunter misses and smashes into the back of him 15 minutes in and the rain starts and then suddenly stops Tacosta pushed back to fourth due to attack mode collection in this stupidest system in the world the rain pretty much stops again although it never started it was a bit confusing there must have been bits of tracks that were raining DaCosta using this attack mode that lost him his places gaining gets himself back to where he started does it pay off as he takes Jeff here who can say who can say with nearly eight minutes, DaCosta and Jev do come back in the fourth team, letting Jev through to eventually win, although DaCosta and Diaz Chichita themselves win the championship. Race five, I mean race ten. What is the point of this race? We have our winners. We also have a brand new track. Well, sort of, an edited track. Turvey has another crash in the exact same place this and this time and time as the race nine is a curse for him there. Gunter retires, not having a good few days, especially after him winning race eight. All Degrassi's fault going up his rear end. 37 minutes left and Lotterer does a great move on Lynn. Straight up the inside. He knows the width of his car. Take no axe. Actually, Alex Albon would be good here because they're not really open wheeled. Anyway, back to the race. Jeff gets... Um, a drive through penalty and battery for battery overcooling. Yeah, these are new world issues. I've no idea how you get a penalty for over battery cooling. Uh, DaCosta in 17th has a tussle with Degrassi. Karma is a bitch as he gets a puncher, pushing him to the back of the grid. So involved in the midfield, I realise Britt Rowlands is in first place. Um, and has been there for a while. On the last lap, Lotterer on 1% slows down a little. Rast with 2% tires to duck and dive around him, eventually hitting him about 10 times. It's constantly nudging, in which Rast on the final bend takes it, which Roland wins. Race 6, I mean race 11. Even more of a pointless race. Being here, done this. I mean, Vern and DaCosta seemingly can't be asked either. I mean, some great racing, but that's it. We've seen so much of it that I have hardly energy to sit here and watch it. Van Doom wins, helping him push second place into the championship, splitting the two DS cheaters. Maybe Jeff should have put a bit more effort into the last races. For a tight track, there is a lot of overtaking. The twisty, smaller track does make it interesting. It may not all be about speed. Well, it's certainly not, in my mind, about the speed of the races. This amount of races should have taken nine weeks, not nine days. What is the point? I really don't know. I'm looking forward to a proper season, though. There you go. That deserves a round of applause. Well done. Well, it was fucking done. A Do you realise now you, you've you've now equaled my Formula One reviews in one in one uh, have I in one episode? <laughs> can you tell? Can you tell? I just gave up yeah, at the six end. Races, six yeah. races, six race, six oh, race reviews really? in one episode. Well, yeah, I, um, I've um, I was just looking at the results as you were as you were going there. I've um, it's interesting the uh, Mercedes won two to finish the season. That's um, ominous. Yes, but I mean. Yeah, but the thing is, these are these aren't Mercedes cars. They're they're all well. They are, aren't they? They're not. They're not. It's not a spec series, from what I understand. I always thought it was a spec series, but no, I thought it's well. There there is a spec series in sense because Williams do all the batteries. Yeah, but I think the the batteries are standard and the aero kit is standard. But there's a lot of the gubbins underneath the hood that is that is not spec. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not like they just buy yeah. a car. There's a lot of the electronics no. and stuff that come from the but teams, think... which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah I think it, it's a bit of a hybrid system. In, if you will, yeah, and it is it's a bit of a, of a mixture mix of, of spec and yeah. and uh, constructor, which I guess is what attracts the the big uh, the big teams to it because they can develop the technologies for their for their road cars by doing the uh, series as well. Yeah, and the, and the batteries don't make any difference to anything no. in the sense of they're they're only going to improve on batteries, so it doesn't matter who's supplying the batteries because let's be honest, they're probably all brought in anyway. It's not each individual mm-hmm. company creating the batteries. Um, so yeah and things and 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 obviously the design and the aero package you know they are really cool looking cars yeah no we've we've said that they do look cool the gen 2 um, cars are do look fabulous yeah. and we we're expecting gen 3 next year mm. um, is that next year is it i think it's next year i they think might, Don't hold me on that. i imagine they might put that back given everything that's going on they might yeah put i it back thought it was year, next but... year but um don't hold me on that mm. um but yeah it is it you know, was insane. Do you know what the cheesiest um, thing about this this entire championship is? What? Sebastian Boemi's team name. Edams. <laughs> Edams. Yeah. <laughs> Nissan Edams. I, I just saw that. I was like, really? I know. Um, um, I understand I, Massa's, Massa's been sacked. Has he been sacked? Well, he's. Uh, I say he's been sacked. They've um, Rocket Venturi have decided. That's, that's the team run by Susie Wolf, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Yeah. yeah. Rocket um, they've, uh, well, we like Rocket, don't we? Yeah, we do so like Rocket. We like Rocket. So Rocket we don't, Venturi I, I Racing. I don't over like Massa. No, I, I've I didn't never been a massive like fan of Massa. So. He's a nice enough lad, but um, he, well, lad, he's a, he's older than me. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's um, I'm not. Yeah, I've never really rated him as a as a potential world champion. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been the same since his accident in Formula One. So um, I just think that they, you know, I I will support them. They, are, I'm, I do worry that they're going to be my Williams team. <laughs> that. You know, supporting them is not going to help them much. Probably not. Um, but I think they are a really interesting team. And um, But I'm not surprised they've got rid of Massa because he was pretty useless. And as I said, he found the wall more than he found anything else. Mm. Um, but Alexander Sims has joined um, Mahindra, mm-hmm. which again is a great race. I know, um, what's his name? Sam Bird. Is, is Alex Sam Lynn. Bird is moving. Um I think he's moving to BMW. You've got quite a few um, Brits in there, haven't you? Yeah, actually, it's quite a good series for Brits, yeah. for females. Got, you got Oliver Rowland, which... Um, he won. Uh, yeah, he did, week. but he came last in the last race. Um, yeah. He's um, uh, He was coming through the junior series. He was my pick to win GP2 one year, but um, he missed out. Um, Oliver Turvey, ex-McLaren young driver. Um, Tom Blumkvist, not really a British name, but yeah, he's British. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alexander Sims, he's been around a while. He always seems to turn up in various things. Alex Lynn, again, uh, used to be uh, Williams' development driver. Looked like he was going to make it to Formula 1, but never did. Sam Bird has been bouncing around for a long time. He always mm-hmm. looked like he might. Well, Sam Bird was, yeah, he was, um, I mean, there's a, there's an, that amazing documentary that I said about the other week. Mm, yeah. um, and he basically says he doesn't want to be in Formula 1. Why would he ever? He wants to race. He doesn't want to sit on the yeah. fence waiting for a race to happen and i think he's getting his chance here um i just can't remember who sam's bird's going to that's my i can't think of but i mean i mean that um de costa and jeff team is yeah so it's antonio felix de costa that won overall wasn't it yeah and it's a very strong ds um the ds tech cheetah is very strong um and they are possibly going to be your merc 
Yeah, well, they're going to be the more your Red Bull. Well, um, I, I can really see Mercedes kicking on. Now, I mean, they've got two very strong drivers there in Stoffel van Dorn and Nick de Vries. Um, I mean, uh, van Dorn came second over the whole series. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the, you know. the one race I did watch at the start of the season, van Dorn looked like he was going to win and he came second, I think, or it might have been third, but yeah. he looked like he was going to win it. Um, so I was quite surprised to see that he wasn't. I mean, um, Jean-Eric Verne has been pretty much... Like, he's been the Hamilton of that series for quite a mm-hmm. while. So that's going to hurt losing it to... Was that his teammate? It was his teammate, yeah. Yeah, to, to lo- losing it to his teammate, that's going to hurt. So he's going to um, try and come back stronger. Yeah, and to, to Grassi's a bit of the poster boy as well. Um, yeah. He's a bit of a dick, but he's a bit of a poster boy. But, Who was the one? Was it Daniel yeah. Apt? Was he the one that that um got banned because he or he got sacked because he was cheating and <laughs> I did it. I did know. I think it was Daniel Abt. Um he got sacked from one of the teams uh because yeah. he did an e race and then he hired a professional e racer to replace him. <laughs> and then like just like oh, angled yes. the camera so you couldn't see him. And then uh <laughs> and then he got caught and and then he got sacked by the team. I, I think it was Daniel Apt. I mean, if it's not Daniel Apt, then I I apologise, Mr. Apt. Uh, I did not I did not intend to yeah. uh, to slander you. Um, looking at the names, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, Max Gunter won a race, didn't he? Because he uh, was yes, he did. He won the race because he was uh, race dog poo something. in F two. I mean, he's dog poo most of the time. I don't know how he managed to even get into that position. I mean, if you look at his other fight. Um, answers. I don't know how he managed it, but I think that was it. Was that the race with the big crash? I can't remember. As to, um, who? Where was it? Um, oh no, Roland won the one with the big crash. Mm. It sounds very yeah. interesting. I I didn't yeah, get Ginter a chance to watch. En- I didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, it. And I, and I always said I would try to, but I didn't get a chance to watch any of them. Um, yeah. I will next year, but um, if, if you want to lead on them next year, and the, I'll... you've got the useless Bolton Wanderer being. The presenter, which is quite funny. What? Um, oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And you got um, is it not Dar- Peter K. Fernie yeah, yeah, K. Yeah. You got Dario Franchitti as well. Yes, that's one he of commentates on it as well. Yeah, um, I mean the pundits are great, um, and they love their Soko. We've gone green in Berlin, but after you've heard it six times over yeah. nine days, it just does get a bit old. Yeah. I didn't even try and change the track, the the style of that. We'd like we've gone green somewhere else now. Mm. We've gone. Um. I think Mahindra's going to be an interesting team to watch as well. I think they're going to be really strong next year. Alexander Sims is racing for them next year. Yeah, I think they're going to be really strong next year. Yeah, just looking on the website now, and I've just seen that. I thought I'd have a quick look on the Formula E website, see if there's anything interesting. Um, But I think, yeah, it's, you know, it's really um, an interesting team. And I I think that it's an interesting sport. I do miss the sound of the engines. And they're interesting. Could... They're interesting sound. I mean, they're they're so much slower, aren't they? I mean, they're a lot quicker than they used to be, but they're yeah, they're an interesting sound. But um, I think the actual slowness helps the overtaking. Well, yeah, of course, because there's there's no downforce and or anything, so you don't have dirty yeah. air, which is you know they don't have yeah. rear aerofoils or anything. So it's no. the the I find that is so much cooler. There's a lot of overtaking. There's a lot of stuff going on that once you get to know. The race, and there's a lot of gimmicks. You know, there is the attack mode, there's the fan boost. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'll ever which be on I board don't with really fan like. Boost. I don't think I'll ever no. be on board with fan boost. Uh, I could, I can, possibly, I, I can see attack mode. I can, I can get on board with that. I think 
Um, I can't. I literally cannot see the point because anyone that entered it lost a place, gained a place. It just never. No one seemed to gained two places from attack mode. The one race because that I saw you have to go season, out so far. The one race I saw from the start of the season, you could use it tactically. So, like, if you had a bit of a lead, you could use it to get an extra bo- to get an extra boost, and then use that later on. So people yeah. were using it tactically. But you still so. have to use it within three laps. So. You know, yeah, I think it'd takes... be better if it, if it just recharged your battery a little bit and you didn't have to use it mm. in three laps, so you could do it tactically. So if you've yeah. got a bit of a gap, you can do it. Yeah, you sort of have the boost for three mm. laps and, and then you sort of lost a place because it's so wide. It's not just off the racing line, it's off the racing line, keep going into mm. a different county and come back again. <laughs> um, it is a bit... It is quite distant, and and you have to hit the you have to hit it perfectly, you know, or you don't hit it perfectly, and then you have problem, you know, you, you've just made, wasted it. Um, so, sorry, I'm just reading something. Um, so yeah, I do find that I don't know whether I like it. I I don't know whether it gains anything. I find. I love. I I find the jeopardy of getting across the line with no battery quite fun. Mm. Well, you got you've uh, got to run it right to the end, haven't you? You got to run it to the yeah, last. Yeah, it's done. You know, they give you enough power to last forty-five minutes, and that's that. You know. Yeah, I guess you can you can change your power mode depending on um, depending on how much you got left. So they yeah they they wanna they wanna run it as close to zero as possible because if you finish with any energy in the car, then it's it's wasted yeah. energy. So there's no there's no charging. You know, there's no charging in the races. There's no like back in the day they, when they used to they swap were, cars. Yeah, that was the Gen ones, wasn't it? That was terrible. But they were. Um, I know that there's talk of them trying to develop technology where, like, basically the pit lane would become uh, a wireless charging lane. <laughs> you run through it. So literally, you you run through it and it charges it. So maybe that they have like um, they have stuff in the in the road which creates a contact and then as you drive down it almost like a scale extra track yeah it recharges your battery yeah that'd be interesting slot racing um i i do think that would be interesting i what i have learned from watching the six races is this is not going to challenge f1 per se you know no i think it's, it's not it's i thought it was going to be like the next f1 it's a very different series. I think. Um, I think Formula. I mean, Formula E is a great testing bed for things. I think Form, Formula One will um, will evolve into other things. Formula E will always be electric formula, whereas Formula One will yeah, evolve into well, something else. Now, if Formula One decided they wanted to go electric, they could do that. And then, if they then decide they want to switch to hydrogen power, they could do that. If they wanted to go solar, they could do that. Whereas Formula E always has to be electric mm-hmm. and which also, is fine it's great and also it's purely city tracks yeah I think there's there's definitely a place for it um, and it's not like one of these formulas like what was it like A1 Grand Prix that was just terrible from day one and they had that I don't know if you ever saw there was that um, that championship that was football teams did you ever hear about that one? Oh really it was like no. you had you had like an Arsenal and you had an AC Milan and, uh, and a Juventus car, and it's like it'd be like Juventus has taken third, and it was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> awful. No, you didn't know who. I think no. This has definitely got longevity. Oh yes, yeah. it's definitely yeah. got longevity. <laughs> it's definitely got some decent. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, um, my bad, bad joke. <laughs> um, it's definitely 
got some decent cars, decent teams, decent departments behind it. Mm. You know, it's got Susie Wolf and, and decent names behind it as well, art behind yeah. the track and as well as on you know, the track. There's, there's just an absolute plethora of um, of manufacturers going into it. Yeah. As well, yeah. And I think it's because that's where they can makes. develop their road car technology. Formula One's moving away from that model, and mm. I think apparently Mercedes are benefiting from their Formula E um, team already. Their, their Formula E um, technology, some of it has already found its way into Formula One cars. Apparently, yeah. Well, if, I mean, even if they are given all of these details, and and given that they, they, they've now got all those details do you know what i mean so you know everyone's on the equal pitch but even just the average car driver you know car company can take bits off i think and also um they're supported by bmw ice sport race or something as well which is quite fun um you know the bmw i vehicles um like a touring car championship as well which is their support race um but I just, I don't, the problem is I don't like the cage that they're in. Hmm. That's just me being me. But that's, I don't know how else you would do it without working on proper tracks. Hmm. So it's a city well, track. They're, they're trying to promote the, um, the the carbon footprint side of things and immersing fans in the, in the experience as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're always going for street tracks. So I get that. Yeah. And again, I think it has a, it has a place. It has a place in yeah, the motorsport. Yeah, and it has a place. It's not structure. Formula One, you know. Yeah, I think I think it will always be a good alternative, like like IndyCar, like um, like uh, World Endurance Championship. It's something else yeah. to go to, but I think Formula yeah. One will remain the pinnacle. I just realised. Sorry, I didn't realise that it was Van Dorm who drove for Mercedes, who then ended up second. So you know, mm. Mercedes are doing very well. Yeah, but. Um, I know we said we wouldn't talk about Formula One, but should we talk about Formula One now? We could do a bit of news. Yes, do a bit of news and then we'll do our busy, predictions. Yeah, do our news, do our predictions, and then we'll go home, I think. Have a nice yeah. early one. Uh, we're already over an hour, though, so. <laughs> um, right, so first bit of news. Uh, the first bit of news that came out was about the Concorde Agreement uh, has been signed. Which we don't need to dwell on this too much. But Mercedes, Williams, everyone, has everyone signed Everyone, everyone, everyone signed, signed it. it. Um, because they... And what name did... They, they uh, offered them a carrot. They offered them a carrot of saying, if you sign early, you get a cash bonus. So, you know, uh, one would call that a bribe, but um, I'm yeah. not going to do that for legal reasons. But um, basically... They obviously Formula didn't one, take the anti-bribing course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Formula One bribed the teams to sign it. So they've done it. Uh, and all ten have signed up, which means that we actually have a championship next year. Which means we're going to 2025. Yeah, um, it, it means all teams have now committed till 2025, or have they? Um, there's well, rumour that yeah. there's, there is get-out clauses in there, because, you know, I mean, I can't see if things don't change in 2022, or 2021, by 2022, when the new rules come in, I can't see Haas sticking around. I can't see Haas sticking around till 2025, unless they have a massive upturn in in fortunes or someone buys them out so it's which it's i a, think is probably more the chance it's a commitment from the current teams to um to commit to the future of formula one but it's not definitely a we will be in formula one for five years well williams will now be in for five years potentially yeah looks that way. um oh just one thing i want to mention on the concord agreement before we move on from it um is ferrari have kept their veto 
How do they manage that one? I thought, you know, with with Liberty coming in and taking over, I thought a little bit of America, fuck yeah. Um, why are we giving these Ital these Italians the power of veto? But no, no, but we, we Ferrari still get final say on stuff. I mean, it's not on everything. It's not like they say, oh, um, no. Yeah, we, and they no, don't actually use it that often. No, to be fair to Ferrari, they, they don't use it often. But I did hear a wonderful quote a while back when they, when they were talking about losing the veto. And they said, well, Ferrari are just going to veto Ferrari losing their veto anyway. So it, it's not even any point talking about it. Yeah. And Ferrari said, oh, well, it would be a shame if we had to use it. So don't use it as a threat. Um, but... Well, I think they. I think, I think it would be to be there if there's. I'm fine that with Ferrari think... getting more money, not not ridiculously as much money as they were getting. Um, I'm fine with them getting a bit more money. Um, I'm fine with them having a bit more power because of who they are. But I'm not fine with them having the veto. I just. I don't mind the veto because, as if one team has a veto, I think they're the only ones that do, don't they? Yeah, but no one um, should. No team no, well, should have. That's like no. so, that's like saying, um, like it, to use a football term again. Like um, we're, we're going to bring in VAR. Then Man United say, no, we don't want VAR, and then and then the FA yeah. say, oh, all right. But I, I, you know, you've got to trust Ferrari to use it, and mm. and they have been trusted recently yeah. to use. Let's to trust, not use it. You let's know. all trust Ferrari. Let's all trust Ferrari. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's a, I, I personally don't think that's an issue. I think it, it would be that they would use it against Liberty as opposed to using it against the teams. Oh, I don't know. That's I don't my trust Ferrari thing. as far as I can throw them. And I'm pretty weak. I throw like a girl. <laughs> so, yeah, Williams. Or not Williams anymore. But it will still be Williams. Well, yeah, which I'm glad about. But mm. then... But then this makes them a non-independent team. They are no longer it? a privateer, family-owned business. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it's a shame for the end of Formula One, but um, it's... I need, it needed to happen, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they um, they'll, they'll but... remain on the grid. They've got financial security. Um, this Dor- this uh, Dorilton Capital um, company that have bought them, they seem to be a um, an investment group, but they're not a... Um, pump and dump investment group. You know, they're not a, you know, a, we're going to give you a load of money, now give it back, we're off. They're, you know, long-term investors, seemingly, which yeah. is great. Um, so they're, they're looking at building building the company up so that it becomes profitable and sustainable and then siphoning the money off as opposed to just like, okay, we want success now. You know, like... Yeah. Which I hope, you know, I hope the name... And and they're keeping their um, their Oxfordshire yep. base. They're staying at Grove. And yeah. um, do you know what? I, I really hope they put a new team principal in place. I know Frank is still team principal and Claire is deputy. I, I hope they, you know, they make Frank honorary chairman emeritus like Bernie Eccleston was. Um, and then Claire just gets pushed aside. I'm just, I'm not convinced. Well, I don't mind if Claire stays where she is, but they need to get a proper team principal then. Well, yeah, because she's DP at the moment, isn't she? She's not yeah, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that she would she accept needs... that role. I think she needs to... Well, she can't not accept it because it's her role. That's the thing. Well, she can resign. She can resign. She's an employee. She... She's not a, She's not yeah. an owner anymore, which she never was an owner, but you know, she's part of the family that owns it. 
Um, I just don't think that after being deputy team principal to her father, who is very, very hands-off, um, no pun intended, yeah. um, and... Um, hands on the wheels. Yeah. Um, to to then have someone else come in and take it on, I don't think she would accept that. I think she would walk away. Yeah. And there would be some kind of positive press spin about it all and you know, thanking her for all her hard work and all that. But no, I can't yeah. I can't see her I can't see her staying. But they they're very they're very positive about it, which is great. And it would great it'd be great if I could see them move up the grid. Um but again someone's gotta be last and who who is gonna be put last if that's the case. So Alfa Romeo, uh Haas. Yeah. Alfa Tori. But you don't always want to be last, do you? Another so, white car somewhere. Yeah. So many white cars. Just have some originality. I hope this this new group, um, they they change the livery, because I mean I don't mind the livery, but I hope they change it to something striking. And like Williams are always memorable for their liveries. Oh, breaking news! Oh, we got some breaking news. The controversy should be put behind us. Renault withdraw appeal from Racing Point ruling. Really. Yeah, Renault announced their decision to withdraw the appeal against the penalty hands out in Racing Point for what they deemed. So a Ferrari withdrawn as well? Yeah, basically they've decided it's too much effort to go down and they're easily, I think they're probably realising that car's not going anywhere fast apart from staying where it is and Renault can build new adaptions in. Well, looking at this, um, it's not yet clear whether Ferrari or Racing Point plan to continue with their own appeals. So, that'd yeah, be interesting. But, but I just think they're probably decided there's not enough money or energy. I love if the fact that Ferrari right. were appealing it in the, on the grounds of transparency. Yeah. Yeah, because mm. what's transparent about Ferrari recently? You know, the engine rules? Mm. Yeah. But uh, what we do know, though, that is transparent is uh, that we now have, seemingly have a complete calendar. Yeah. And it's 17 it's... races, which is one more than everyone expected was ever going to be possible, which is great. And one thing that I'm glad about is we are not going to China. No China. No China. No China. Which I think um... is for the best, given that, you know, that China that... caused the whole situation in the first place. It would be a bit of a kick in the teeth for them to end up getting the race at the end of it all it would put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth but um, we've got Turkey we've got Turkey followed by Bahrain uh, double header looks like it's going to be the normal layout not the um, not the Schumacher's helmet layout um, followed by Abu Dhabi to finish so Turkey that's going to be that's going to be interesting we haven't been to Turkey since I think 2011 uh, which is great uh, really really good circuit everyone always talks about turn 8 but turn 8 is not exactly going to be a place where you're going to be seeing loads of overtaking it's just a really hard yeah. corner but it's um, it's just the whole track is just is very undulating lots of lots of uh, good places where you can make overtakes I think it's going to be a good race and I'm really glad it's coming back it's always led to good racing in its in its early days in Formula One before it was dropped from the calendar, so yeah, I don't know Turkey at all, but it'd be interesting. I might have yeah, to I might have to crack so... open my F1 2011 game and have a blast on it for me because I can't remember <laughs> it like track wise. I remember bits of it, but I, I don't remember what it's like to drive, so I might have to bl- yeah. grab that. And then Bahrain one, Bahrain one, and... Bahrain two, and Abu Dhabi, and the Rolex Sakir. 
Yeah, so that's, I'm that's Bahrain. Is the place. Yeah, Sakira is where Bahrain is. Yeah, so that still makes the 70th anniversary the only ever race to ever be a non-location specified race. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then the Etihad Airways still going. Abu Dhabi Grand Prix yep. to finish it all off. Yep. Just before Christmas. So I had a quick look at the um, at the Formula 2 schedule and they've added they've added a couple of races to the schedule. They've added after Sochi, we've got Sakir and Sakir. So it looks like they're going to finish on the 4th of December in Bahrain. Okay. So they're going to do a double header in Bahrain to finish. Nice. So it looks like we've got six more events in Formula 2. Formula 3 is still finishing at Mugello. So Formula 3 finishes so, on the 11th of September, or the 13th of September, sorry. Um, so they're, the, the two Bahrains, they won't go to Turkey? No. So it'd be Sochi, Or Abu Dhabi, then... which surprises me, because they normally finish in Abu Dhabi, but they're obviously deciding to finish in, in Bahrain. So they're not doing the Germany, they're not doing Portugal. No. They're not doing Italy. No. So interesting. Um, yeah. Good to see. So we finally got a complete F2, complete F3, and seemingly a complete IndyCar schedule as well. And Formula One, obviously. Yeah. And F- um, F3. To get a 17 race season out of the season is a phenomenal effort. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And I think people can criticise what they want about Formula One. But I think that deserves a round of applause for Formula One because that is, they have moved mountains to make that happen. And I think it's just a big yeah. congratulations to everyone at Formula One for all their work on that because that is phenomenal. And if we get to the end of the season without any cancellations and without anything, any major issues with COVID, you know, we don't have any COVID outbreaks in the countries that we're in and anything well, like that. they're thinking about opening some of these, aren't they? Yep, well. some of the races apparently will have fans. I imagine Bahrain and Abu Dhabi, because they don't care about their people in those countries, will probably we'll have fans. will be open to a limited number of fans, yep. including hospitality. So it might just be VIP fans. But... Yeah, so it'll be Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. We'll def- I think they will definitely have fans. Sochi as well. Sochi, probably. Um, and Turkey, if you're doing Apparently, well, Turkey never have any fans anyway. Um, I think Mugello was the first one they said they might have fans at. So. And will Bahrain both be at night? Uh, one I would assume so. I mean, they could do one day yeah, and one night. There's nothing saying, because we're in winter. In yeah. I know it's still desert, but you know, I wonder what the temperatures on Bahrain are like that far down the down Well, the it, to be honest, um, Bahrain used to be a day race year. anyway, so... Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't do one yeah. day race and one night race. I think that would be quite an interesting way to spice it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be really interesting to do. It yeah, like. definitely. But what we do have is we have the Belgium Grand Prix in Spa this weekend. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. I can't watch it. Why? Well, I can watch it, but I can't watch it until either late that night or the next morning. Because I am excuse? doing family things, unfortunately. <laughs> Bloody family this, getting in the way. Is this is this in-law family things? It is in-law family things, yeah. <laughs> because if it was if it was um, your family, if it was Tom's family things, does, then it would involve Formula One. Why does in-law family things do everything on a Sunday? Because the, the the in-laws don't enjoy Formula One, so therefore I I if Formula One is on and we're doing family stuff, I don't do Formula One. Jesus. No, mate, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not bitter at all. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to uh, to going to see my in-laws this weekend, which is great. Oh, 
Can't is that wait. what you're actually doing? You're going up there? Yes, going there for the whole oh, weekend. Well. So I think I'll well, be, I'll be, I'll be on the sofa. They won't be listening to this, but if they are, I'm only joking. I don't. I'm not actually going to do this. So I'll be on the sofa. Going, so oh up. god, I'm pooped. I think it's time for an early night. Right. Please say I've got 4G here. <laughs> what please have the highlights on? on Sky Go, and then I'll be watching the race. I'll be watching the race with my headphones on, pretending I'm asleep. Yeah. Under the covers, mm. like a little child. I need a nap. Be, yeah. I need a nap. Either that will be set. What my time's alarm the race on? The it's on at two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Either that will be set my alarm for like four in the morning, and I'll be getting up and watching it on my phone in the darkness with my headphones in. Well, on Monday. Um. Yeah, potentially, because it's bank holiday before so you go to work. work. Oh, is it bank holiday? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're I coming. don't think it's bank holiday here. Yeah, it's August bank holiday. So, yeah, and it's it's ah. Spa, Francorchamps, Belgium. One of my favourite races, possibly yes. might even be my favourite race. It's it's definitely up there. Um, this so, is the one in the forest, isn't it? Yeah, it's course, it's yeah. a very very long track. Loads of undulations, um, high speed, um, very high speed areas. Not very much a point and squirt circuit. So Lance Stroll should do well because um, he's very good at the point and squirt circuits. You know, he's pretty good everywhere this year, to be honest. But he's uh, he's yeah, don't take always it been too better much. at the you know the kind of the Monza you know your Monza Spa, Canada those types of circuits. Um, yeah, so we're going to do our predictions. Um, yeah. Guest predictor this week is Martin. Uh, he has gone for Lance Stroll for pole. Um, interesting choice there. Fastest lap: Max Verstappen, <laughs> Hamilton win, Albon second, and Norris third. Thank you for those. <laughs> Thank you for those, Martin. Um, interesting. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, he's obviously going out and hoping for a couple of calamities. I'm guessing. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Mm. I mean, it looks like you know, bad, may, maybe a wet qualifying, um, and then normal ser- normal service resumed in the race with Bottas yeah. colliding with Verstappen would maybe be yeah. what he's thinking there, and then with with Albon in second. Mm. Norris in third, mm. but yeah. Uh, well, I'd hope Norris to be third. That'd but be God, if Albon gets second, mm. that'd be interesting. Right. What As do, I said, Albon needs to go into Formula E. Yeah. What uh, do you reckon? I've got mine. I'm gonna go for a poll. Go on, you for, go first. I'm gonna go for a poll for Bottas. Who do you think for poll? Hamilton. I'll go for the opposite one of whatever you decide. I think this week. Okay. Hamilton on so, pole. Okay. Yeah. Fastest lap. Who do you reckon? Fastest lap. Um, Stroll. Stroll. I'm going Hamilton. Stroll on th- on the basis you're right. It's a, per- it's a thingy problem squirt one. Um, so, yeah. Well, the, um, the, the engine mode penalty thing, or the engine mode um, Oh, fuck. I thing. forgot about that. Changing. No, no, it's not happening. Oh. It's not happening until... Um, the next race now. Mm, interesting. I wonder why that is. Uh, I don't think they've managed to figure out a way of policing it yet. <laughs> Basically. So that's not happening until the next race. Um, so, yeah. So for win, I am going to go for Lewis Hamilton for a win. Uh, I'll go Stroll. Not Stroll. Stroll? Off, no. No. <laughs> Sorry, I will go um, uh, Bottas. Sorry, I don't know why did I say Stroll. I don't know. I'm glad you um, don't take... I'm glad this is a mastermind. Mm. I took your first answer. Uh, I'm going for a Perez second. 
Strong. Hamilton second. Hamilton second. And my third place is Stroll. I'm going for a double podium for Force India. Not Force India. Racing for uh, the this week. Perez. No, Perez. Stroll. 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 So you're going the same as me? I think so. Okay. Interesting. I fuck knows what happens to Verstappen then. <laughs> yeah, well, none of we haven't got him. Neither of us have got, which means he's going to get pole, win the fastest lap, and win the race now that yep. we haven't got him in there. Yep. So that's a hint. If you yeah. want to do that, go for that. So get your predictions in at Monkey Seat Pod, all the socials, website, Monkey Seat Pod, www.monkeyseatpod.com. Uh, submit your predictions through there, or you can email them at monkeyseatpodcast at gmail.com. Um, is it 12 points? It's uh, yeah, it will be twelve now. If you uh, if you join the league this week, you get a twelve point bonus. And I still think you can yeah, you can easily win with the amount of races that have now been decided. Yep. Um, we'll actually do the maths at some point and and see where we're at. But yeah, so you could join in. Could win. Yep, so it's, again, yeah, 12-point bonus if you join this week, uh, just for joining, uh, and then you get whatever points you get on top of that as well, which, if you were to get maximum points, would put you onto 23 points, which would put you, like, two points off top, or three points off top. There you go. No, a little bit more, about five points off top, because Darren's way out in front now. Darren's out front with 31 points. There's plenty of races still going. Plenty, we've got, plenty. We've got 10 races after this one, so we've got 11 races still to go. Join the league, and you get a chance wow. to win a fabulous Rocket 3D phone and Bluetooth earbuds. Yeah, what could possibly... Yeah, for nothing. For yep. now. For no, you don't even have yeah. to pay to be in this competition. Yeah, and we'll and we'll post it to you for free as well. Yeah. And uh, there, also, the there's also, there will also be a second prize, which I still can't confirm because I haven't actually got it confirmed yet. But there should be a second prize in there as well. And as soon as that <laughs> is confirmed... Then I will confirm it, but I don't want to there say it go. for definite. When we don't know for definite, it's definitely going to be there. There we go. There we go. Right. Great. Um, I'll enjoy your weekend with yeah. the enjoy, family. Enjoy um, your weekend. I don't with know your what family. I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I. Um, I'm going to have to see now what I'm doing this weekend. Oh, the the wife's off this Sunday, so I might not be able to watch it. We'll see. Mm. Um, okay. And it's Killian's first day at school on Monday. Oh, bless him. So we don't have bank holidays here in Ireland. So it's his first day. It's a new Irish school where he'll come back speaking Gaelic. Yeah. But what could possibly go wrong? Um, yeah. Right. Anyway, have a good one. See you all and next I'll week. See you next week. Bye. Ciao, Bella. Who's Ben? <laughs>